In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Jesus, you were sent to heal the contrite. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you came have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you plead for us at the right hand of the Father. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have Glory, ha, glory, ha, and peace. 
and of the Father. Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. Glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. Glory, glory, and peace to his people. showing mercy and pity. Mercifully grant us such a measure of your grace that we may obtain your gracious promises and be made partakers of your heavenly treasures. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first lesson for the 10th Sunday after Trinity is written in the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 7. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah, who come through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Reform your ways and your actions, and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words and say, This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the alien, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place, in the land I gave your forefathers forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The second lesson is written in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are three different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one, just as he determines. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 19th chapter. Glory be to you, And when Jesus drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. But they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you.
Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Crying is contagious. You know how that is. Say at a wedding, the bride on her wedding day is, is maintaining her composure, she's keeping it together until she sees the tears in her father's face when he hands her off and gives her away to her new husband. And she cries. Or, at a funeral, the adults are, are also keeping it together. They're trying to maintain composure until they see the teary eyes of the children who understand that grandma isn't going to wake up again until Jesus comes to wake her at the last. And now we need to pass the tissues down the pew. Sometimes, of course, it's actually not until we cry together that we feel comforted, that we have some hope. There is some sadness in today's gospel. The tears belong to Jesus. On this occasion, Jesus was crying alone, but, but when we hear these words today, may we also weep alongside him, for we are also part of its cause. And only when we have wept with him will we find hope in his words. The cause of Jesus' sadness is Jerusalem. He's not weeping over the walls of the city or the hills of the city, but its inhabitants. It is the people of Jerusalem that he weeps for. This is Palm Sunday when this takes place. And as Jesus approaches and he, and he looks out over the city, he sees more than meets the eye. Jesus sees not only this city's past history, how they had repeatedly rejected the prophets that God had sent to them. He also sees their future, the near future, that is like the week ahead, Holy Week. Again, this is a sadness that only Jesus sees. Jesus can look out at Jerusalem, a Jerusalem that looks outwardly religious, but, but is nothing but whitewashed tombs, a place of sin and death. Jesus can look at the pious Pharisees and see them for what they are. They look very good. But he watches and he weeps as they maintain their appearance of piety while his holy house of prayer becomes nothing more than a den of robbers. You see, he sees what's really going on inside. And he weeps. But he also knows what's going, on, going to happen beyond this week. As a result of their rejection, he knows that, that the city of Jerusalem, the whole city, would come under siege in the year 70. This very city whose inhabitants would be eyewitnesses to his passion and his death, even his resurrection. This city where the Holy Spirit poured out, where, where Jesus poured out his Holy Spirit upon his disciples, and clothed them with power from on high. In other words, these people were given every opportunity to see Jesus in action. Jesus' words say it all. He says, because you did not know the time of your visitation. God's gracious visitation was right in front of your face. God came down to be your flesh, in your flesh, to be your substitute, and you rejected it. I think it makes us sad too, because in Jesus' tears, we can see his profound love. And knowing that love, we see love lost. You and I sense that sadness when we look out into our world into our communities even sometimes our own families and we see the same we know the gifts that jesus has to give we know the gifts that jesus wants to give and we want them to receive those gifts too but they like jerusalem 
will not. Indeed, even closer to home, there's a bit of sadness even today. Even in places of religiosity, religious people miss Jesus. Perhaps they come to church, but not to receive Jesus. Here he is, here is Jesus standing with arms wide open, ready to give his gifts of life and love and salvation. And they've come for their own reasons, which have little to do with Jesus. There is a bit of sadness. For the very people who year after year hear the story of God's coming into the world, or they hear the passion and the resurrection accounts, people who every year see exactly what Jerusalem got to see firsthand, but still act like Christmas is really all about family parties and presents, and Easter is really all about breakfast and bunnies. But you, even you, Jesus says. So don't think that Jesus only weeps for the Jews of his day, and not also for those who fail to recognize him today. Don't think that Jesus doesn't weep for those who, even today, turn his house into their own swap shop. Don't think that Jesus doesn't mourn when Christians who have promised faithfulness unto death find every excuse in the book to be unfaithful every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And we weep too, don't we? When we see it in the world, or when we see it in our family, when we see it, even in us. When we do, when we see this in ourselves, our weeping may be called contrition. It's called repentance. It is abandoning the notion that, that Jesus really should be proud of me because I try my best. Give up. Give up on the idea that, that you're somehow the exception to the rule of sin and that you've got it beat. Give up on the idea that, that you just need a little bit of Jesus every once in a while just because you have just a little bit of sin. Give it up and weep with Jesus over you, even you. Weep. But do not weep forever. See, Jesus does not just sit and cry, but he acts and he speaks. He drives out the sellers from the temple and he rebukes them. Some, even at Jesus' rebuke, do not weep. They get angry at him. They try to get back at him. They try to kill him, to destroy him. And of course, eventually they succeed, sort of. But they kill him, but they will not destroy him. For in his death is the life that he gives to us. But on this occasion, they could not do what they wanted. They could not kill him because, it tells us, all the people were hanging on his words. You know it very well that Jesus' enemies would still seek to destroy him. Not to crucify him, no, for he cannot die again. On top of it, Jesus is no longer walking the face of the earth. If his enemies now want to destroy him and everything that he has done, now they must attack his body. Jesus says that his body is those who are joined to him by faith. Where they are, there he is. And there is where his enemies attack. Both foe and traitor attack Christ's body, the church. Schism threatens to divide her. Heresy causes her distress. The members of this body are assaulted daily by a triple threat of devil, world, and sinful flesh. Indeed, Satan has designed your fall. 
And he has Christ's whole church in his sights. And sometimes it seems like he's going to take it. Like the enemies of Christ are winning, and, and it's only a matter of time before he's got everyone, and there's, there's no one left. It's enough to make us weep all over again. But no, not now. Because there is one way in which the enemies of Christ and his church cannot succeed. They cannot find a way to destroy him where people hang on his words. And because of that, there is one place where we can find hope. Where people hang on Jesus' word. His church is safe. Where people believe and live knowing that only in Jesus' word can faith survive. Where people hang on Jesus' words no matter what storms may rage. All is safe and secure. Where people cling for dear life to the ship of their baptism. They cling to Jesus' words. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So that even when they fall, they swim back to the ship in holy baptism, in repentance, where people hang on his very words, this is my body, my blood. These people and this faith cannot be shaken because Jesus cannot be destroyed. And those who have taken his body into theirs are united with him who cannot die. Wherever sinners, fallen sinners, cling to Jesus' words, your sins are forgiven, spoke to them through the mouth of a servant, Satan's accusations cannot stand. He cannot win. Wherever people hang on Jesus' words. There is a bit of sadness when people do not receive all the gifts of Jesus when they could. When they have plenty of opportunity, but they decline. There's a sadness surrounding the knowledge of, of all those everywhere, but especially among us who by and large live without the peace that Jesus brings. We might not even know how they can do it, how they can live like that. And how they can make it, especially through darker days. And sometimes that sadness that it brings us is almost overwhelming. But the hope is just as overwhelming. When you hang on Jesus' words, knowing full well that there our enemies cannot overtake us. There against both foe and traitor, the church shall ever prevail. Until, finally, the night of weeping becomes the morn of song. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I join now in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious Heavenly Father, keep us, your baptized children, as the apple of your eye and hide us in the shadow of your wings. Turn from us all false doctrine, whereby your holy name is blasphemed and profaned. Give ear to our prayers for mercy and forgive our sins for the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Fill your vineyard with faithful laborers, O Lord. Bless them with your wisdom, that they would be faithful stewards of your mysteries, making known your gracious visitation in the Holy Word and sacraments, which deliver eternal salvation to those who hear and receive in faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Defend your church throughout the world, O Lord. Give strength to our brothers and sisters in Christ who experience persecution, and turn the hearts of our enemies, that they would be brought to repentance and faith and joined to the fellowship of all believers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give us hearts to recognize that all we have comes from your gracious provisions. And keep us faithful when we have more than we need, that we would be generous in our tithes and offerings and in our assistance of those who need help. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless our president, our governor, all those who make and administer our laws, with all judges, that they might serve our country faithfully and make decisions with wisdom. Defend all who serve in our military and give courage to both them and their families. Lord, in your mercy, strengthen, strengthen and support those who are sick or suffering. In the midst of their trials, keep them always focused upon Christ and the everlasting hope they have in him. If it be your will, restore them to physical health and strength. Lord, in your mercy, we give you thanks, Heavenly Father, for the great gift your Son, Jesus Christ, has given us in his Holy Supper. As we join together with our angels and archangels and all the company of heaven in lauding and praising you, lift up our hearts that we would rightly receive Jesus' body and blood for the forgiveness of our sin. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks. O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Holy God, mighty Lord, gracious Father, you have filled all creation with light and life. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. You lifted Noah and his family in the ark. You promised to bless all nations through Abraham. You delivered Moses and the Israelites. You renewed your promises through the prophets. And now you have spoken through your Son, who in words and deeds proclaimed your kingdom and was obedient to your will. In your tender mercy, you gave him your one and only Son, to suffer death on the cross for our redemption. By the one offering of himself, he made there a full 
perfect and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, gracious Father, remembering his blessed passion, mighty resurrection, and glorious ascension, we humbly thank you for this wonderful gift of salvation through your Son's own body and blood. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor be yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Hear the prayer of your people, O Lord, that the lips which have praised you here may glorify you in the world, that the eyes which have seen the coming of your Son may long for his coming again, and that all who have received in his true body and blood the pledge of your forgiveness may be restored to live a new and holy life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Just a couple notes. Uh, one of the customs regarding this Sunday, the 10th Sunday after Trinity, is there, there had been a custom to read Josephus' account of the destruction of Jerusalem, which Jesus hints at when he mourns, weeps over Jerusalem. Um, old hymnals, including 